as a sub-theme to that, to that uh, broad theme called to holiness, why holiness is important. Why is it important to, to God? Why is it important to you? We need to know why holiness, if, if that's God's requirement, if that's God's standard, if that's what he expects of us, why is it important? Why is it important? I'm going to talk about maybe just one, one or two reasons today about why it's important. Praise God. We know that holiness, amen, it's very important. It's, it's in, this is what I'm going to say to you today. Holiness is very important if we are to escape the judgment of God. Did you hear me? I say holiness is important to you and I if we are to escape the judgment of God. Amen. It is important for us if we're going to escape his judgment. Oh, yes. Yes, we know we understand God's love. We understand his mercy. We understand his grace. But we don't want to get on the bad side of God. Is that right? Nobody wants to be on the bad side. Even even the heathen didn't want to get on the bad side of their gods. Amen. We don't want to get on the bad side of our God. It's important to us if we're going to escape the horrors of hell. Oh, yes. Hell is a reality. Hebrews 12 and 14 says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Now that, now that speaks of when we leave this world, where are we going to go? Are we going into the presence of the Lord? Or are we going to another place? There's only two destinations the Bible describes. Oh yes, and I'll talk about that a little bit later. Yes, he says, follow peace with all men. And without holiness, no man is going to see the Lord. Our goal as Christians, John said, it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him. Do we want to see God? See him in peace? And that's the goal of the Christian life, to be like him, to see him, and to be with him forever. That's the goal of the Christian life. Yes. And so it's very important that we live a holy life. Yes. I can't overemphasize it. People say that's old fashioned. That's old fogey. That's old school. No, it's not old school. It's as old. Well, it, 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 it's God's design for you. Yes, yes. It's God's design for me. Yes. He, he, God, you know, God, holiness is, is God's production. He's the producer of this, this, this thing called holiness. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, yes, holiness began in the mind of God, as I remind you. It was always his design for us. In fact, he created the first man, Adam. I told you again, I'm going to tell you again, he was holy. Because he, because he left that holy estate by his disobedience, then he, he lost that position of holiness before God. He lost that fellowship with God. He lost that communion with God. Yes. And as we, as we come today in preparation for Holy Communion, we must never forget the price that was paid yes. to bring us back into fellowship with God. Yes. Yes. 
That's why we, that's why we do this. We, re, we reflect on what Jesus did. Well, yes, yes, because we understand that, that the, price, uh, the, 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 the price that was paid for our holiness was the shed blood of Christ. Jesus died on the cross for you and me so we could get back into fellowship with God. Oh, yes. So it's, it's, it's important. Don't, don't, don't you think it's not important? It's very important. Holiness is always on the mind of God. He's a holy God. Yes. Holiness speaks of the transcendent nature and character of God. Who is set apart from all of his creatures. God is, he's the lofty God. But my God, God is a God of mercy. He looks down upon us fallen creatures. And he reaches down to pick us up and restore what was broken, what was lost through the fall of Adam. It speaks also of his eternal nature. The fact that God has always existed. He's always been around. He didn't just you know, come into being, you know, and this world didn't just come into being by, by osmosis or by some big bang theory, but God created everything. Yes. God, the God of creation, the eternal God. Isaiah, the prophet, describes him this way in Isaiah 40 and, 30, and 28. He says, Have thou not known, have thou not heard that the everlasting God the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. God, you can't figure God out. God is eternal. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Deuteronomy 33 and 27 says, the eternal God is our refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. His arms, his arms are always outstretched to us. Saying, come unto me. Yes. If you're weary, if you're heavy laden, if you're burdened down with sin and grief and sorrow and all of the things that the world will deal to you, he says, come to me. My arms are outstretched to you. Yes, he said, all day long I have stretched out my arm unto you, Israel. But they would not hearken. They would not hear his voice. Yes. In other words, God created us to be like him. He wants us to be holy. He says, he says, be ye holy for I am holy. Be ye holy in all of your living, in every area of your life, in all of your conduct, in all of your behavior. Be holy because I am holy. God wants to share his holy nature with you. Yes, he wants to share that. He shared it with Adam and Eve. But they refused to obey him. Yes, Peter says that he has he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him. That we should be partakers of the divine nature. God wants to share with you. He he's he's that kind of God. He wants to give a part of himself to you that you might be like him, that we might be like him. Yes. Yes, God, we were created unlike any other creature. 
You know, when God said, let there be light, and when he said, you know, let there be a, a firmament in the, in the heavens, and let, there, let the water be divided, and all of that, and let the, the green uh, grass appear, and the herbs, and all of that, he just spoke it into existence. But when he made man, uh-huh. oh, hallelujah, amen, he got down in the dust, yes. amen, and he formed and shaped man out of the dust of the earth. The Bible says he breathed the man the breath of life and man became a living soul. Yes, yes. We're, we're, we're more like God than any other creature. Yeah, yeah. We're like God that is in this earth, in this realm. We are, we are, his, we are his masterpiece, if you will. Yes, he said when he, when he made man, he said, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. We're active in creating man and shaping man. And then he said he breathed into man the breath of life and man became a living soul, a living being. No other creature. Yes, it means we were created with an eternal soul. You got an eternal soul. You got an eternal soul. Your your soul is going to live forever. That is with a will, with intellect and an emotion. We also have the ability to rule. He gave Adam the dominion over everything that he created. Yes, yes, yes. He made us the stewards of the earth. Yes. Yes, we were like no other creature. He didn't give it to the ape or the monkey or the bear. Forget evolution, okay? Forget evolution. That's nothing to that theory. (laughs) It's it's foolishness. See, when man doesn't want to retain God in his knowledge, he resorts to foolishness. Yeah, his own foolishness. Yeah, but, but God created us. God made us. We're made like, we're made in the image of God. Yes. Amen. That doesn't mean you have all power. That don't mean that. No, no, no. Don't get carried away now. Some of us get carried away with a little power, get a little authority. We think we something. <laughs> it don't mean that. No, 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 no. God's got all the power. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Hallelujah. I'm just thankful to be a part of his creation. Come on, give the Lord a hand praise. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yes, praise God. But look what he said to Adam in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man. First, he placed him in the Garden of Eden to dress it. And then he commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the day you eat thereof, you shall surely die. Everything changed after that. Everything changed. The nature of creatures changed. Animals who were grazing in the grass began to become, become ravenous beasts. Carnivals. They would eat the meat. They would eat the flesh. Hallelujah. Yes. Adam surely died in the presence of God. Yes, we must pause to under understand that we know that Adam lived to be over six over 900 years old 
But he died spiritually in that he was separated from God. He was put out of the garden, out of the presence of God because of his disobedience. Yes, that brings me to a question that I think most of us ponder and we should think about it often. The question is, why do we have to die? Why do we have to die? Yes, Adam's 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 disobedience brought spiritual death and it also brought physical death. Physical death. If Adam would have been allowed to remain in the garden where the tree of life was, he would have died. The Lord said he would have been able to live forever. But God cast him out. Amen. And no one knows where the, the, the Garden of Eden is today. Nobody has been able to get back in there. <laughs> uh, but Jesus, the second Adam, he came down. He hung on a tree. Amen. Amen. To give us the entrance back into the garden. To eat from the tree of life. Come on and praise the Lord in here. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. We know the obvious answer. Why do we die? Because Adam disobeyed God. Disobedience will rob us and cause us to forfeit all of the blessings and the promises of God. Yes, Adam's sin brought death upon all men. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 12, Wherefore by, by one man's sin entered into the world and death by sin so that death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Oh yes, we've all fallen short. Bible says in Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Oh no, you're not righteous. The shocking news and tragic death of Kobe Bryant and several others has shocked the world. Although I don't consider myself a fan of Kobe, I find myself grieving over the terrible loss to his family, his friends, and and fans. Here was a very successful young man. He had achieved his dream in the NBA as one of the all-time greats. And he was a very successful businessman. Hallelujah. It seemed that he had the world by the tail. But sudden tragedy, the sudden tragedy of his death left, leaves us all shocked. Why now and why did it happen to him? Death is a mystery to all of us. We can never be sure when it will come at knocking at our door. However, death is sure to come to all of us. I'm sure there are several unanswered questions that most of us have concerning death. I'm not suggesting that Kobe's death was due to his sin, but because we live in a fallen world, a fallen world where sin abounds and because we live in a fallen world, tragedy and evil is a reality that we all experience. Oh yes, yes. 
Why do we have to die? Again, because the first man, Adam, did not obey God's command to stay away from that tree, that tree in the middle of the garden with the knowledge of good and evil. He didn't obey. Wherefore, by one man sin into the world and death by sin. And so death passed upon all of us for that all have sinned. Again, Romans 5 and 12. Why do we have to die? Death is the punishment for sin. Death is the result of sin. God said to Adam, the first human being of every tree of the garden you, you can eat. But of the tree that's in the middle of the garden, of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat thereof. For the day that you eat thereof, you're going to die. And Adam died. Yes. Because of Adam's sin, we inherit a sin nature. And therefore, we have all sinned and fallen short of honoring God. Yes. Therefore, in Adam, we all die because of original sin. Yes. We don't have to do the same sin he did, but because of that same sin, we all die. Hallelujah. The Bible says again, for the wages of sin is death, the penalty for sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What happens? Here's another question. What happens after death? What happens? Where, did, where, do, where do the dead go? Where, where, where am I loved one? Where, where did my mama go? Where did my, my papa go? Where, where did my auntie you're going to die. And Adam died. Yes. Because of Adam's sin, we inherit a sin nature. Yes. And therefore, we have all sinned and fallen short of honoring God. Yes. Therefore, in Adam, we all die because of original sin. Yes. We don't have to do the same sin he did, but because of that same sin, we all die. Hallelujah. The Bible says again, for the wages of sin is death. The penalty for sin. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What happens? Here's another question. What happens after death? What happens? Where, did, where, do, where do the dead go? Where, where, where am I loved one? Where, where did my mama go? Where did my, my papa go? Where, where did my auntie, where are they? That question is lingering in somebody's mind. Hallelujah. What happens after death? Death, let me say this, death is not the end of our existence. It's not the end. Again, we have been created an, an eternal soul. Yes, yeah, you we have an eternal soul. Because we are made in as an eternal soul, we will spend eternity somewhere. The Bible speaks of only two destinations for us. Either in heaven with God or in hell with the devil. Hallelujah. Yes. Let's consider the story of Lazarus and the rich man. The Bible says that Lazarus was laid daily at the rich man's gate begging for crumbs of bread or or food to eat. 
Hallelujah. But nobody gave him anything. That, but the Bible says, moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores, his sores. And finally, the Bible says, Lazarus died. And he was, he was, he was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. Uh-huh. A place in, in the old economy of the Old Testament that there were two destinations. Hell was divided into two compartments. There was the place where the righteous went, where Abraham was, and there was a gulf between the two, and then there was the place where the wicked went. Hallelujah. The Bible says also, in the course of time, the rich man also died, and he was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, and he seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom, and he cried unto Father Abraham, Send Lazarus, send Lazarus, that he might just dip his finger in water and that he might cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame. My God. Yes, yes. The Apostle Paul makes it clear for all believers in Jesus, we go under the New Testament, we go immediately into heaven to be with Christ. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Beginning at verse one, he says, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made in it it, with hands eternal where in the heavens. There's a place Jesus said, I'm going to prepare for you. Yes, in the heavens. Uh huh. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from Heaven, everybody say heaven. Heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle or this body do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest, the guarantee, the earnest of his spirit. Do you not know that the Holy Spirit in your life guarantees that you're going to make it to heaven? Oh, yes. Therefore, we are. Therefore, we are always confident knowing that whether we are at home in this body, we're absent from the Lord. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that every man, everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether they be good or whether they be bad. Yes. Now he's talking about the believer. The believers, we as believers in Jesus Christ, we go immediately into the presence of God. We will stand before the, the Bema seat of Christ, the judgment seat, and give account of the way we've lived. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would go on talking about the rewards, but I won't talk about that now. However, also, according to the Bible, all unbelievers will unfortunately have to spend all eternity in the lake of fire with the devil and his angels. It's going to be a horrible thing. Yes, the Bible records this in Revelations 
Let me just slow it down just for a minute. Revelations chapter 20, beginning about verse 11. It says, he says, John, the, the revelator says, I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. And another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, plural, according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes, there are two destinations. There are two places that we must end up in all eternity. Yes, the word of God is clear concerning the certainty of death and what, what occurs after death. It says in Hebrews 9 and 27, it is appointed unto men once to die. Yes. But after this, the judgment. Yes, this passage points to the brevity of our life here on earth. We only have a short time to stay here. Time will soon run out for all of us. Just as there are seasons of the year, which in each season we see a change in the climate and the weather. Yes. We see fall, winter, summer. Oh yeah, spring. There are also seasons in our lives. Yes. Death is the final chapter of the book of our lives. And it will determine where we will spend. It will, it will tell us where we're going to be going when we leave here. Oh yes, each season is short-lived and our lives are too short in comparison. They are too short in comparison with eternity. Yes, Solomon said there's a time to be born and there's a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Yes, it also speaks of a time of accountability. Yeah, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of God. Yes. The righteous will stand. The Bible says judgment must begin at the house of God. Yes. Oh, yes. We will all give account to God of how we live. Bible says in, in Psalm, it says, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue will praise me. Yes, so each one of us will give an account, give an account concerning himself. We're going to, you're going to have to stand there alone. Nobody will be with you. You'll be just standing before God. God will judge us based on his holy word. Did we obey his word or did we neglect his word? Same principle he, he judged Adam about. in comparison with eternity yes Solomon said 
There's a time to be born and there's a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Yes. It also speaks of a time of accountability. Yes, we're going to stand before the judgment seat of God. The righteous will stand. The Bible says judgment must begin at the house of God. Oh yes, we will all give account to God of how we live. Bible says in in Psalm, it says, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee will bow to me, and every tongue will praise me. Yes, so each one of us will give an account. Give an account concerning himself. We're gonna, you're gonna have to stand there alone. Nobody will be with you. You'll be just standing before God. God will judge us based on his holy word. Did we obey his word or did we neglect his word? Same principle he he judged Adam about. Adam didn't obey. So judgment came. We must too be judged by the word of God. How can we prepare for death? This is another question you you might want to ask. How can I prepare myself for death? Well, let me tell you, brother and sister, you can. You can't prepare yourself for death. But God has prepared a way for us to escape the terrible judgment for our sins. You can't do it on yourself. There's nothing you can do to earn your way to heaven. You can try to be as morally good as you want to. You can try to live as close as you can to the law of the land. But that won't do the Bible says all of our righteousness is as filthy rags in the sight of God. <laughs> Don't fool yourself. You can't get there by just being a good ethical moral person. You got to be born again. You got to be changed from the inside out. You got to be made a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh yes. He sent his, he's, God sent his son into this world to die for all of our sins on Calvary's cross. But he was raised again for our justification or for our righteousness that we might be made holy again. All we have to do is to believe. Can you believe today? Can you believe it? God doesn't require you to try to try to do do the best you can. A lot of folk are doing that in religion. They're just trying to do the best they can. They're trying to keep the rules or the or the or the different the different uh, 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 different ordinances that they have or the different rules and regulations. But you can't get there that way. If if, if that was the case, Paul said, "I I glory above all men," because Paul he was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the most religious man of his day. But Paul said that didn't get it. He said, but what they were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yeah, yeah you got you to gotta choose Christ. Yeah. You got to say yes to Jesus. Yeah. You got to surrender your life to him. Yeah. You want to be saved? Yeah. You're not going to be saved by your own works. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy. Yeah. Uh, his mercy. Yeah. God loves you. Yeah. Hallelujah. He loves you with an everlasting love. I'm going to close with this. You say, how can I prepare myself for heaven? The Bible says 
In Romans 10, 9 through 13, I'm going to read it. I want you to hear it. It's going to be on the screen. Romans 10, verses 9 through 13. He says, if thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth, resulting in in a right standing with God, a righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whosoever believeth in him should not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon the name of the Lord. You say, what do I have to do? Here it is. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm through.